Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back to The Full Ratchet. On this special investor story segment, the experts illustrate some of the most important lessons they've learned about startup investing and how that has changed their approach. Here's the segment called Lessons Learned. On today's special segment, we have Jay Aconzo of NextView Ventures. Jay, can you talk about a lesson that you've learned through your experience in venture capital? Yeah, um, there's this awesome quote that kind of crystallizes this lesson from Ev Williams. I think it was a few years ago now, but he talked about what he used to think innovation was, you know, doing new things with the internet to come up with new ways of doing stuff. And uh, what he said is, you know, he's since learned that that's not the case. What actually is innovation is take a human desire, line up all the steps that it takes for that person to fulfill that desire or overcome that challenge, and then use modern technology to remove those steps and make it easier, right? And what better example than like Google or an Uber, where they're just removing steps for you to find information and answer a question or hail a cab or hail a car and get where you're going. Um, and it sounds so simple, but it's so hard to execute. And for my work, what I've realized is that's what platforms should be. Lining up all the steps it takes a founder to, say, hire an early team after they raise a seed round or, you know, go through that board decks uh, development and design. And what are all the steps they have to move through as a founder to do that? And then how do we as a VC remove some of those steps so that they can save time and be more efficient? And then, you know, out comes the idea of a board deck template or, a, you know, a hiring process advisor or something like that. And so that's all innovation really is. It's just removing steps. And that's been a huge lesson for me in the last couple of years. Is it fair to say that workflow automation falls in that? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And that's, you know, the technology is getting, you should add that technology based on the need to remove those steps, not because it's just some innovative new technology that you'd like to adapt and say that you're using it, right? It's all in the context of, I have to get something done or the person I'm serving has to get something done. And I understand the process today. How can I make that process better or easier for them? So on today's special segment, we have John Greathouse of Rincon Venture Partners. John, have you learned a hard lesson by either making an investment that didn't work out or passing on one that turned out great? If so, what was the situation and how has that changed your approach? Yeah, maybe a little bit. So I just wrote an article why I passed on Uber. And it's a long story, which I won't bore you with, but we were very fortunate to, and we are very fortunate to have an investor in our fund and a real friend of our fund who I won't name him. He's now a senior executive at Uber. He wasn't at the time. 
And he literally came to me in August of 2010 and said, hey, I work with this guy named Travis. He sort of looks up to me as a mentor. I'm trying to help him get some investment dollars. Would you be interested in Ubercab.com? And he explained Ubercab to me. It was black car service back then. You remember it wasn't what it is today. And I didn't, you know, I really saw no future in it. And I remember having a very detailed conversation with him. And actually, he brought it up again because I checked my email in December. So he's still, Travis still hadn't closed his seed round. And he said, hey, I can't remember if I mentioned Ubercab to you guys, but he's raising money and you want to get an intro. So what I learned, and of course I said no, because I'm a genius. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Damn. You know, they'll never make it. But the, what I learned from that, it's funny. It's funny to, to look back on it. And now that my buddy is at Uber, he's a super great guy. He's a senior executive there. He's doing a lot of interesting stuff. We laugh about it now. But what I learned from that is when you have someone that you bridge your deal that you have years of history with. I mean, I, I knew the guy that brought me that deal probably four or five years for the past four or five years. He was a successful serial entrepreneur in his own right. Travis was somebody that had worked with him um, and he was sort of a mentor. I should have, on the face of it, just with that data, forget about Uber Gab and kind of all this weird genie in the world stuff. Just based on that alone, I should have said, you know what? I'm not sure that's a great deal, but since you're so excited about it, yeah, why don't I get on the phone with this guy? I should have done that. I don't know that I would have invested. I, you know, very likely I would have still felt that it wasn't a great deal. But to not even take a meeting or not even do a phone call when I've got a guy that's brought it up three different times over a series of months, that was bad on me. <laughs> yeah, the, the founder referrals are huge, right? Oh, and that's where most of ours come from. And if you look at our portfolio, the large majority are all people we either invested in or said no to. So remember I told you the way we do diligence, it's not uncommon for us to help somebody land a customer or do something you know, impactful in the early stages of the company, and they appreciate that. And so it's not uncommon for them to say, hey, uh, I was talking to this guy. He's looking for money. I know we didn't end up uh, working together, but I like the way you guys you know, reported yourselves. Would you be interested in taking out? intro to this guy. And that happens all the time, which is wonderful. But I should have listened as a multi-billion dollar opportunity. I knocked over the head a couple of times with it and I didn't see it. So, <laughs> Sorry about that one, John. <laughs> At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to PacWest.com to learn more.
On today's special segment, we have Mahendra Ramsinghani. Mahendra, have you either passed on an investment or made an investment that you regret and it's caused you to maybe adapt or improve your approach? If so, what did you learn and how has it changed how you invest? A very good question. Uh, you know, in, <laughs> uh, in the venture capital book, I talk about there are two or three funds out of the, you know, what, five, six hundred funds that are out there that boldly talk about the ones they've missed and almost in a, in a self-deprecating manner. I think Bessemer is the, the first one that talks about how they missed Google, Apple, and just a series of these companies. Like, <laughs> the anti-portfolio, right? Anti- exactly. And when you read about it, it's like, oh my God, not only did you miss these, but you are bold enough to make fun about yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> my uh, anti-profile is not as prolific as theirs. You know? <laughs> and, and largely this is because, you know, in Michigan, it's a very different market. I mean, you're in Chicago. You know, when you're in that kind of market, you get to see every good opportunity. And so I feel like being fortunate enough to have worked in, in a different market, we got to see a lot of opportunities. But there was one that I missed. It's a company called Duo Security. And in hindsight, it is just that uh, my relationship with the founder was not that strong. So I don't think the founder felt important to take money from us. And uh, that's one that I missed. Of course, I did send several messages to Doug and all of them sort of probably got deleted very quickly. The lesson for myself is I should have tried harder to convince Doug that my money can be valuable. That is one that uh, is in uh, in the Michigan uh, market. There was another one here in the Bay Area called a company called Zero Secure. So I meet with these two founders. It's about a year and a half ago when I met them. And they were solving a problem that I felt was had already been solved. There were four companies that all of them had raised like 20 to $50 million each in that same vertical. And so I met them twice. And then third time, I was still not able to like figure out why is this going to be a meaningful player? Because there are three or four potential giants in that space. And of course, 18 months later, they just got acquired by Palo Alto Networks. And I'm actually going to host an event with the founder so that I can publicly apologize to him and, <laughs> and then ask about the lessons learned in this process. But for me, the key lesson there was, even though that opportunity was available and I could have made uh, investment if uh, I had my head together, but in that one, the lesson that uh, I learned was that just because there are three or four players does not mean that you're going to lose your money. You can still get a good outcome. So the investors that put in money, they got about four times their return in 18 months, which I would take any day, you know? <laughs> yeah, me too. It's not, it's not 25 times because when VCs look at like, oh, the category killer, you're the first mover. So that is going to be a big deal, right? If you look at Fitbit, it was a category creator and then became a category killer. But in this case, there were already three or four other companies. And so my lesson was, it is okay if there is company number three or four. If they're doing something that's very nimble, very lightweight and can be adopted quickly, somebody will buy them. And so in this case, they followed that. They didn't have a whole lot of customers, but they got acquired by Palo Alto Networks for a very decent outcome. The founders probably don't have to work for the rest of their lives. And uh, the investors got a decent return. You know? So those are two small anti-portfolio ones. And uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be more, you know? but uh, I, I think that, uh, that uh, every investor probably has several of these. That will wrap up this installment of Investor Stories. Head over to thefullratchet.net to leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, or find resources discussed on any of the episodes. 
Until next time, remember to over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening. 